Thank you for joining us today. In today's message, let's search our hearts and consider ways in which we hinder authentic worship of Almighty God. Do we always honor, adore, extol, serve, and worship Him with joyful hearts at all times and in all things? If we're honest, we'll admit that there is room for improvement. As Psalms 105 tells us, the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Listen in as Pastor Rander continues this powerful, thought-provoking message, and remember to keep pen and paper ready. Trust God and press on. Meditate not on past failures, not on past sins. Repent and move on. Uh, you got to meditate on the right things. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brethren, what things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, Whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Stop meditating on novels that's not going anywhere. Put your mind on things that are spiritual and edifying in nature. It is crucial that we guard our thought life and take every thought that is satanic in nature captive to the obedience of Christ so that we can have a thankful heart as we meditate on that which is good, meditate on that which is healthy, meditate on that which is praiseworthy, which will be glorifying to God. Meditate on healthy, wholesome praiseworthy things before the Lord. Wives and husbands, stop seeing the worst of each other. You who have jobs, thank God for the job and stop complaining about what's going on. That, that's not right. Thank God that you got a job to say what's going on while somebody else is looking for a job to say what's going on. Be thankful. You may say, my job is not making, uh, paying me what I think it ought to pay. You're getting salary, thank God. <laughs> thank God, thank God. There are a lot of people looking for work out there and God is providing. Number 10, if we fail to be thankful, we open ourselves for Satan to take advantage of us. If you're not thankful, Satan's gonna exploit your mind and take advantage of, of you through anger. He'll use bitterness and worry, depression. He'll use fear, suicidal tendencies. He'll use pride and a judgmental spirit to mess your mind and your life up. That's why you need to be thankful. Being thankful is therapeutic. This is why the Lord says, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you're not thankful, you're going to open yourself up for all kinds of things which will spiral you into despondent and disillusionment. Number 11, God requires that we be thankful through our trials and even when things hit rock bottom in our lives. That's right. God requires that we be thankful through our trials and even when things hit rock bottom in our lives. The times when things will go well and not so well and terrible sometimes. Beloved, it's 
so much easier to be thankful in times of prosperity. But what a powerful testimony we put on display before our own looking world when you and I can praise God in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trouble, that we can praise God. Now, I want everyone with the Bible to turn with me to Acts chapter 16, verses 22 through 25. Acts chapter 16 one of my favorite passages, verses 16, verses 22 through 25. If you don't have a Bible, use your gadget. It's, it says there, then the multitude rose up together against them, referencing Paul and Silas, and the magistrates, the, the officials, uh, uh, t- tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now, when someone tear your clothes off, you know you're in trouble. You know, if somebody just start ripping your clothes off because they're mad at you, you know you are in big time. They didn't just gently take a robe off and kind of fold it up, folded it up. Uh, they, they tore off their clothes. You know, very few of us, if any, can say we've had our clothes torn off. And comm- why did they tear off the clothes? Because they wanted to beat them with rods, and they did. In other words, they wanted them to feel the full impact of being beaten with rods. Look at that. You ever think about that? And when they had laid many stripes on them, it wasn't just one lick, two licks, three licks. How many? Many. Many. For the sake of the gospel, many stripes. On them were laid. They threw them into prison. You know what? No, they didn't have any neosporin, no band-aids. They were lacerated. They were bruised. They were bleeding. They were in excruciating pain. And then they were, they threw them. They didn't just kind of walk them in prison. Get in there. Threw them in prison. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison, way back in there, and fastened their feet in stocks. Their feet were, I mean, that's quite uncomfortable. Matter of fact, very uncomfortable. Now here they are, beaten in pain, humiliated, bruised, in an absolutely miserable condition, but at midnight. No, sometimes y'all at midnight, y'all moan and groan, you know, but midnight is a good time to pray. Uh, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Now, if such a thing had happened to you today, would you be in jail singing hymns and praising God through prayer? And the prisoners were listening to them. The prisoners, all of a sudden, were listening to these men of God worship their Savior. Beloved, as in the case of Paul and Silas, a spirit of gratitude and praise to God will keep us from depression. I don't see Paul and Silas saying, oh God, I thought you were a deliverer. Why didn't you send Gabriel? What about Michael? I, we'll take a seraphim. 
Uh, I, I, don't, I don't see them in jail throwing themselves a pity party. They're not discouraged. They're not delusional. As they go through their trials and adversity, I don't see them whining. And some of you all can't even take somebody eyeballing you. Somebody that walk past you and don't even speak and you stop going to church. You, why are you such a wimp? Why are you so soft? Listen, serving God means you have to have some backbone and you need to learn to praise your way through. In the midst of that kind of calamity, instead of throwing themselves a pity party, they praised their way through in the, in the height of their persecution. You say, how could Paul and Silas do this? What is the secret of their being able to do this? You want me to let you in on it? I'm so glad you asked. So when your hardships come, you can use uh, what they use. They were able to sing praises and pray to God for three key reasons. It's because they had the power of God. They were full of the spirit. They were full of the Holy Ghost. They were strong in the Lord and the power of his strength. You know what it said? They had the peace of God, the peace that transcends human understanding. Though those prisoners didn't understand how they could be singing and praying while bleeding and being lacerated at the same time. They had peace from God. Where is your peace when your family acts up, when your child goes astray? Or when you have a sickness that seems to never gets healed, they had peace, inner tranquility that transcended uh, human understanding. They had the peace of God, and then they had the presence of God. God was with them in prison. And when you forget that you have the presence of God in your life, you will fall to pieces you will misrepresent God and you will regress and not progress. They had the power of God, the peace of God, and they had the presence of God, which moved them to break out in praise and thanksgiving to God. Wow. That's how come that having God's power, peace, and presence moved them to rejoice in adversity, let me ask you, when are you happy? Or, or when can you have joy? Only when everything is ideal or can you rejoice even though tested, you still will hold on to your faith. You'll keep on hoping, keep on believing, keep on serving, keep on worshiping the king of glory. Anybody can rejoice in good times, but right in the midst of calamity, as we've seen in this passage, you should still be able to rejoice and be thankful knowing that my God is in control and he knows where I am and I need to believe him even when I don't understand what on this side of heaven is going on. That's your faith in action when you can trust him when it don't even make sense. Do I have a witness in the house today? 
Do I have a witness in the house today? Can you believe God in spite of not understanding? (laughs) One more and I'll leave you alone. (laughs) Don't be afraid to rejoice and be thankful in your blessing for fear of what others may say or think. (laughs) Some of y'all... Some of y'all get blessed and you know you've been blessed and you quiet about it. Don't nobody to know. Can't come up and testify of what folk might think. Listen, when God's been good to you and when God's been blessing you and you know God gave, gave you that breakthrough, who cares what other folk think? Don't worry about what others say. Don't worry about that. Don't be afraid to rejoice and be thankful in your blessings for fear of what others may say or think. In other words, what are you saying? We must rejoice and be thankful even when others refuse to rejoice with us and be thankful with us because of resentment and jealousy. That's right. I'm not jealous of anybody. Whatever you get, I'm glad you got it if you got it right. Okay? Okay. I, I don't quit where you get that from. Something must be going on. Oh, look, he must think he's something. He got all that. Stop it and just rejoice with those who rejoice. Be glad for folk who are getting blessed. If you don't have it, there's a reason. Be content that God still have you in his hands. I mean, you ought to be, able, don't, listen, don't hold your rejoicing because of the jealousy and despising of others. Everybody with the Bible, uh, turn with us to 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, and verses 20 through 23. Now, you got to turn there. In the name of Jesus, please turn there. Please turn there. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible. I don't know how you write on technology. I guess you can move it around a little bit. But, but, but turn... But, but 2 Samuel, go to the notes section in your uh, cell phone or something. 2 Samuel six fourteen through 16 and verses 20 through 23. Look what it says. When the ark of the Lord was being brought uh, into the city, David was overcome with a spirit of rejoicing while his wife Michael, who was Saul's daughter, was despising him, David. Now, look at verse 14. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Now let's stop there. Did you get, did you understand? Now who didn't understand that? Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. With everything he had, he danced. Now some of y'all have danced for the devil and you've danced for yourself. Some of you danced for exercise. But when the last time you danced for the Lord? Huh? Y'all can get out there and do all them steps, you know, they got that. What, what do they call that step where the people, they be moving in lines together, line dancing and all that. So you just got walk, they move up here and then they move back there. You know, you over here and move, call that line dancing. <laughs> now some of y'all, some of y'all used to dance and some of y'all still dancing. I ain't going to say dancing is a sin. I'm not going to go that far. Now anything, if it's out of context, can be sin, right? All right. Now, some of y'all used to can really do the jiggle on that floor. Y'all remember those old dances y'all used to do? 
I, I, I used to dance. Oh, I can, I used to can do the James Brown on Papa got a brand new bed. I can put that one foot up and slide all across that floor. I do it now and I fall out. Uh, you remember those old dances? You remember, you don't remember that dance called the bump? You know, you bump. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand if you know about the bump. Some of y'all, that's so far back. You remember about, you remember about the, the twist? You know, the, the twist and all that, Elvis Presley, all that stuff. And then uh, there, there's some other dance. Oh, they were calling those dances out in the first service. They were call- What's some other dances they got out there? Come on. Huh? Mashed potato. How you do that? Mashed potato. Then the electric slide. You know, and all. Come on here. Talk about the dancing. Come on. The cabbage pack. I, I don't know how. Now, you're going to have to show me how they do that one. The cabbage pack. I mean, Oh, we used to can do it. Come on here. We used to can do it. And, 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 and you know what? We put money in the jukebox and play it over and over. Over and over. Not a choir sang the same song two Sundays. Uh, they must have lost their repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've lost their repertoire. They sang the same. They don't know nothing else. You played the same song in the same setting over and over and you paid to hear the repeat. David danced before the Lord. When you think about who God is and what he's done for you, you ought to get your dance on. You said, but I can't dance. Let me tell you something. Yes, you can too. Just, you can just do this. Do, man, I'm in Africa and those guys be dancing, the smoke coming up and I I, I just be doing what he's done. That's the best I can do. I'm dancing. Where's your excitement, your exhilaration for, for who God is to you? Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. You come in. I have decided to follow Jesus, amazing great. Ooh, God is saying, stop it. There ought to be joy in your singing. There ought to be sheer delight in your singing. There ought to be enthusiasm in your singing. There ought to be rejoicing in your singing. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark, which symbolizes the presence of God, with shouting with the sound of the trumpet. Verse 16, now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, this is, by, this is his wife, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David, look what he was doing, leaping and whirling before the Lord. He wasn't just kind of moving. He was leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she, Michael, despised David in her heart. You know, some folk, they look at you and they be judging you. But you praise your way through anyhow. And Michael, look, 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 did you see that? She despised him in her heart while he was rejoicing before the Lord. Verse 20, 
Then David returned to bless his household and Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, now, you know what? I can imagine her just being right in his face. She was, in, she was indignant. She was beside herself. She going to set him straight. How glorious was the king of Israel today uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants as one of those base fellows, those low down, no good fellows, in other words, shamelessly uncovers himself. David danced right out of his class. So David said to Michael, oh, he gave her a piece. He said, you, 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 got, you need some straighten out here, lady. Uh, so David said to his wife, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your daddy. Oh, <laughs> right. Boy, I bet she turned blue, red or something. Who chose me instead of your daddy and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I don't care what you say, woman. And I will be even more undignified than this. He said, you ain't seen nothing. Watch this. And will humble myself in my own sight. But as for the maidservants servants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Verse 23, therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. God judged her womb for her indignant word against the man of God who was rejoicing in the God of his salvation. He said, you think you saw something? The man danced, whirled, leaped, crown fell off his head, robe came off, and was undignified, didn't care who was talking about him, didn't care about what his wife was saying, he didn't let nobody steal his joy. He didn't let nobody steal his frame of mind. He was just rejoicing in the glory of God because the presence of God had come back. The ark was back in the city of God. Oh, my brothers and sisters, when you know who God is to you, and what he has brought you through and the challenges you've come on the other side, you ought to get like David and you need to cut loose. You need to dance a step and you need to shout to the king of glory. I believe some of you can't worship because you're scared you're going to lose your dignity or mess up your mascara. But when you come into the house of God, it's not about you. It's about him. And when you know that you know that you know the Lord and you know what God has been to, has done for you and you know what God has brought you through, it's shouting time. There are times when you ought to lose your dignity because of who God is to you and for what he has brought you through. Oh, I remember back at Mount Hurra Baptist Church, those old sainted sisters of yesteryear in their 80s would cut loose in the floor and have a shawl. They had a shawl right and they'd wrap it at the preacher. And they slide down, shouting between the few and the wig fall off. They ain't holding nothing, 
They ain't shouting like this. We're going to have planet up under there. They ain't worrying about who. They just shout, and you go grab them, and all of a sudden, something get a hold of you. I've seen folks shout from holding folks. The holy folks about that don't take all that. Listen, the one that won't say nothing, don't take the one shouting. I get that that's sitting there that won't even move. That won't even say amen. When you know that you've experienced God's blessings, when you know that you have been delivered, when you know that you've been saved, when you know that you've been redeemed, bought with a price, it's time to get your dance on. Do I have a witness here? Do I have a witness? Is there anybody in the house ready to dance with me? God's been good. He's brought us a mighty long ways. And I thank him. Anybody here can thank him? Is there anybody here can say thank you, Jesus? Is there anybody here that can say hallelujah? Can you lose your dignity for God? Because God's been good to you. Hey! Lose your dignity for the God of your salvation. Don't worry about what folks say. Don't worry about what folk think. Shout, God is good. Shout, God is love. Shout, God is grace. Shout, God is my deliverer. Hallelujah. And all God's children, and all God's children said amen. I wish I was 25 years younger. I'd jump down there and dance in that center floor. As Pastor Rander concludes this message, let us resolve to obey God with praise and worship according to his word. Why should we? Because he is our creator. He has made us and fashioned us. He is our shepherd, and we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We hear his voice, and he knows us, and we follow him. There is none other like him. If you enjoy Pastor Rander's teaching of the inerrant word of God, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church in Converse, Texas.